What up, rollers, man? Happy New Year. I'm very glad you decided to start the New Year's off right, rocking with me. And I'm glad you made your resolution to listen to every episode of my pod. <laughs> Let me stop. No, but for real, for real. Rolling with Smooth 2021 edition in effect. So today we're rocking with Ricky Rizichka, one of my good friends, man. I met him through Beat Baseball and we hit it off right off the bat, pun intended. <laughs> so today we're going to be rolling deep, man. We're going to be diving deep, thinking deep, provoking thoughts, all the above. You know, Ricky's one of them deep thinkers, man. So I hope that y'all rock with us. I hope y'all listen all the way through. I hope you enjoy. And I hope you let me know what you thought about the episode, whether that be in, in the email, rollingwithsmooth at gmail.com, on the Facebook, rollingwithsmooth, on Twitter, rolling underscore smooth, and rollingwithsmooth on IG. So we're everywhere now. <laughs> well, except for YouTube. I still got to get to YouTube. Man, it's always something different. But anyways, I hope y'all rock with me, man. Let's rock. All right, so today I'm with Ricky Ruzichka, teammate of mine from the San Antonio Jets. We're just going to be talking about the normal stuff that I get into with my guests. You know, we're going to get into a little bit of his background, where he comes from, what makes him him, and, you know, the different things that he's been through and where he's going in his life. So, what up, Ricky? What's up, Axe? How you doing, brother? Oh, man, you know me. Just chilling, man, trying to trying to maintain. Rolling, right? That's the only way to do it. Yes, sir. So where are you at right now? Right now, um, my wife Amy and I, we live uh, in West Palm Beach, Florida, not too far from where the World Series was held a few years ago. Nice. Yeah. Uh, West Palm Beach is definitely definitely a nice spot. Where are you from, though? You're not from Florida. No, not. Uh, originally from Baltimore, Maryland, and then lived, well, lived there for my first 23 years, and then uh, we moved to san antonio texas and that's really how our relationship developed meeting uh through beat baseball and everything good old body more body more murder land some people have said it's um it, it it's been regarded in uh, uh high in some of the categories you don't like to hear about but um overall my my uh remembrance of it is it's uh it's a good good diverse and um just enjoyable city to, to to live in and there's there's the seafood and and the good good sports town and access to the beach not too far away but you also get you know you get your winter and and everybody there seems to be trying to trying to make the best with what they got ocean city maryland yeah uh I, well you know i spent a little over a year there in uh in baltimore and it was cool man i mean the people are intense you know but for the most part they're cool you know if you don't mess with nobody they're not gonna mess with you and uh, I lived in downtown Baltimore, so I was in the hub of everything. I was at walking distance of, the, of Oreo Park and um, the football stadium. So I was right there, bro. It, it, was, it was nice, though. I liked it. Yeah, Baltimore, man. I mean, you um, you experienced it and the just the overall connection that we have as far as meeting in San Antonio and, you know, the overlap there. And then what year were you there? Sorry. Uh, I was there from summer of 17 to winter of 18. Okay. So talk to us about you. You, you grew up in Baltimore. And uh, how was that, you know, uh, childhood? And we'll move on from there. Well, childhood was it was um, enjoyable. 
overall. Um, when I think back on it, the neighborhood was full of different opportunities. You know, we had the, the local sports teams. I mean, I played baseball and soccer and try to stay involved with school activities. And I grew up in a household with my grandmother majority of my life. And I have three sisters. And I did live a few years with, with my mother and my uh, stepdad. And overall, my my cousins live there and my aunt and my uncle. So it's kind of like that nucleus. And there, there's other extended family that we've met over the years, which is always cool. But just, just playing sports and you know, getting into trouble for sure. I mean, you know, depending on how you put it, I mean, thankfully no, uh, no arrests or, you know, encounters with anything like that, but just, uh, growing up, man, you, 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 uh, you discover and sometimes you find trouble. You mentioned a whole bunch of people that you lived with. So I imagine you didn't like when you were growing up, you didn't have your own room, did you? Or did you? Cause you were the only boy. Um, no, I live most of the time I, I shared this shared the room with my sister, my um, youngest sister, Megan. And then I, the two older sisters, Angel and Christina, they, they shared a room. Um, but there were, I mean, there were times where I was fortunate enough to have my own room. And um, like, as I got a little bit older and um, some of the years with my mom and dad, but um, the experience of sharing the room was just at my grandmother's house. It was up until a few years ago when um she had to move to assisted living facility you know she would live there and there was just it was a huge big big house and there was a lot of room so we were able to come in and um just be blessed by um living there and trying to you know get on our feet and you know it was just something that we all we all stayed in we all had that connection there did you fight a lot with your sister or no yeah, I mean, for sure, we definitely had our battles, and um, thankfully, it was it was um, never never anything physical outside of you know probably some pushing or <laughs> wrestling around or something, you know. But you, after after being told so much not to do that, and you uh, try to just grow more in the the respect in the relationship, and thankfully, we forgave each other. And um, but it was it was it was definitely like I, one of the stories is. We were, um, you know, just sharing the room or whatever. And, um, I forget how old we were and we just got into this argument. We just, she started throwing things out of the window. Uh, we were living up in the attic. So like it just, you know, like, like some of my pillows or just clothes or just randomness. And so I did the same thing at, at a rebellion. And, but at the end of the day, we both just had to go down there and pick up our stuff. So what did we really <laughs> learn? <laughs> How far apart in, in age are you? Two years. She's 88 and I'm 90. So so I had mentioned at the beginning that you were a teammate of mine on the Jets. And then you proceeded to tell us that you're playing baseball and soccer. So let's go ahead and tell everyone how you became a teammate of mine. Like like why you're blind pretty much. Well, my, my, uh, my exposure really and just introduction into the the blind community in itself really started when i was 23 just i was diagnosed with a disease called Leber's hereditary optic neuropathy but most people just refer to it as lhon and um it's just a it's a mitochondrial cell disease which basically means it's passed down maternally and um majority of males are affected by it, but some females uh, can be affected by it as well 
and um, just it causes central vision loss and takes away various portions of your peripheral vision. To, you know, just it just varies from person to person. So, how was school for you? Did you excel in school? How was that? Um, I mean, I, I, I got, I got good grades, you know, enough to make it through and get the high school diploma. But I would say I was always trying to be a class clown, looking for that attention, you know, just trying to be, uh, be the one to, to, to stir something up. So when you were in school, your school age, what in your mind were your aspirations or what did you want to be? Um, honestly, it was probably some sort of like professional athlete, but I don't, I don't really remember too much thinking about it. Um, during that, during that time, it's, it was probably sports, but probably wasn't even putting in the work to actually do that, you know? So when I was in high school, there was like counselors and stuff and they would sit with you and talk to you about, you know, what you, what you might be interested in and what you might want to go on and do after high school. They they didn't do that with you. I mean, they did, but my memory of it is not, not anything of detail. So I don't, I don't even remember what the conversation was. Maybe it was that fast or I just wasn't paying attention. But I mean, um, originally out of high school, I, I explored joining the military and, um, I mean, I, I was working full time, so I was kind of looking for that extra, you know, that extra step of like education or, or fulfillment through the military or college or something along those lines. I know you're married now, but how are you with the ladies, you know, back then? <laughs> well, I mean, I had all sorts of different relationship, uh, ways, you know, some, some that were, um, positive things and some things that led to learning experiences, you know, I guess you can't say negative, so it's just ways to learn, but, um, well, even the positive ones are learning experiences, right? That's true. That's true. Every, everything's a learning experience. So, I mean, it was, um, you know, it was just, it was, it was a fun time. I don't really no regrets. No. Yeah. I mean, no regrets. I mean, there's, there's always something that when you reflect on it, you're like, man, could have done that differently, but oh, yeah, that, that's, sure. that's the learning. So I definitely, I definitely feel you on that. Same here, man. Um, so, all right. So you graduate, you, you're working full time. Where are you working at? I was working at a grocery store in, um, uh, um, where I basically, well, I, I was introduced to the job through my uh, middle sister, Christina. She was working at the grocery store and, and, um, just I, I applied there in in high school, junior year, and started working there as the as the cart boy. Stocking, just, bagging, cashier. I was retrieving the carts, so going out getting the carts, oh, or and when the carts were called up, you. Um, I mean, there was other things too that just um, sweep up the outside and take out the trash and clean the bathrooms. Um, Did you have a whip? What were you rolling in? A whip, man. I had the I had the Dodge and Trevit. The night, it was a <laughs> I think it was a Maybe, maybe, yeah, that was, that was the first car I purchased, the 1998 Dodge and Trevit. It definitely had some, some length and it was like, it had a, it had a high rear. So, you know, you just parallel parking, I guess is the biggest challenge. But other than that, I, I was, I just, uh, I was speeding too much, man. Was that your baby uh, or what? Um, not as much as the second car, not as much like pride. I mean, I, it was awesome because it was the first one and, you know, it, it provided the, um, the privilege freedom. of, yeah, and the freedom, the privilege to be able to drive, yeah, man. It's, um, it was, it was, it was great for sure having that. And then I just, 
I don't even remember why I decided to upgrade. Maybe just uh, I was making more money and wanted to get a new car. I'm not even sure. And ended up getting a um, a Cobalt, the the Chevrolet Cobalt. That, that was that was a fun car. After that, ended up getting another car, the uh, Nissan Sentra. And that was the last last car that I drove. So three cars in, in the life of of driving. So you're working, you're working in the grocery store, and you're, you know, you're, you're living life pretty much. Would you say you're just like kind of going along? You didn't really have a quote unquote purpose yet. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely say that. Um, I was, yeah, I was working full time and just trying to save in, in the way that I knew and just pay whatever bills came. And um, but I didn't really, um, you know, know if it was like. If, if it was something in the grocery store or just employment and keep working or, you know, there was like no entrepreneurship ideas at that point or no, no real idea on college. Um, but the military again was something that crossed my path, but, you know, went to the recruiter's office, but never ended up going through with it until really I was 20 and then I was introduced. Well, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah. 20. And I was introduced to the, the plumbing trade. My cousin Anthony was working in the electrician trade and introduced uh me to it basically just saying there's a uh, plumbing company that's looking to hire and you go to trade school and you know it could be something you could complete and, and make the extra money and i said sure so that's that was the next step after the grocery store some money in plumbing yeah it can definitely be lucrative i mean the more you know the more you can grow and you know you can start trying to do the subcontracting on the side once you have the experience and you get your license on top of working and some the side the side work is where you can make a lot of money depending on what you do so were you doing that all the way until 23 when you went blind or did you stop before that yeah i did i was i was doing that all the way up until the end um i'm blessed that i was able to stay around through the employment while the diagnosis uh, was happening for insurance purposes and then you know it just became it got to a point where it's um, unsafe to perform things like soldering or, or welding or even just all the um, the grade changes and the holes in some of the construction fields, you know, to for safety. So just had to start exploring things. And um, that's where got into the rehabilitation. And um, I wasn't able to actually complete the plumbing program. I had to stop in my fourth year. Um, there was a test that basically required you to read gauges and you had to do it, you know, by yourself with no assistance. And that, that was, that was definitely one of the biggest obstacles. And I, I think probably the only thing because I needed that to pass. So I was not able to complete it, but, um, it was still a great experience for sure. So do you see your, do you, do you see yourself as, as thinking of your life as like, uh, you know, pre blindness and then uh, post blindness or is it all just all together? Because you said that you were in the plumbing uh, program all the way into the end, you know, and that kind of that kind of noted noted me that you were thinking of it as like the end of that part of your life, and you know, then you started a new part. Yeah, no doubt. Um, well, it for sure, changed closed the chapter on one 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 uh one experience in my life and opened up a whole new a whole new experience and. I mean, I can definitely, I definitely have the memories of, you know, things I did while, while having the site to do so. Otherwise, I just think of the memories that I've done so far, you know, in the seven years of 
being um, blind and, and visually impaired, it's um, it's been a it's been a heck of an experience. I mean, meeting you know you and Zach and Richie and AZ, um, David and Guillermo. I mean, like I mean the list goes on of you know of that of of those those relationships that that have been formed, and I'm still able to maintain most of my relationships through the early experiences in life. So certain the world starts to move faster as you grow older, it seems. So you got to try to slow down and think of it all and just be grateful for the present moment. So you go blind, you go blind. And, uh, what are your like thoughts? Is there, is there like a, a, a bout of depression or are, are you like, man, what am I going to do now? Or just talk to us about your mind frame when you get the diagnosis. And you know that, that, you know, you're not going to really, you know, quote unquote, come back from that. Like, you're not going to get get your full vision. There's definitely difficulty with the acceptance and, you know, some some depression and, and, and anger was definitely there because just certain things, you know, having to learn things in a whole new, in a whole new way. But, excuse me, honestly... I'm grateful for um, Amy and my sisters and um, just other loved ones and, you know, in the family and friends that, that were su- supportive along the way um, that, that definitely helped. Um, that would, that would have been way more difficult if I was doing that alone. Did you know Amy when, uh, when, when everything started or did you meet her after? We met, we met uh, prior. So we've, we, um, when did we you meet her? We, 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 you uh, didn't mention that. <laughs> it's an important part <laughs> of your life, bro. Yeah, no, it is for sure. It's definitely uh, one of the best blessings for sure. February of 2011. So February of 2011. So you were 21. Yes. Just, Where'd you well, meet just, her at? Just about to turn 21. I turned 21 in May of that year, but we met at a, um, at, at the college that she used to attend and, um, we, UMBC or no, it was at Towson University. And oh, Towson, nice. She was a tiger, yeah. huh? Yeah, Towson Tiger. It, it's it's definitely a nice campus. It's it's a um, it was it was fun for sure to um, enjoy some of that experience before I went to college, just through knowing Amy. But um, just you know, my cousin had met her the night before, and I was in the area and ended up being invited by him to go hang out with her and some other friends. And that's how we met. That's how we met and um, exchanged numbers and ended up going on a date. Where'd you go? The first date, man, we went to Razorbacks. It's a, um, it's a bar out in, in the Towson Lutherville area. So not too far from where Amy went to school. It was, it was, um, it was quiet, which, which is, which was important because honestly, we just sat there and just had a conversation and ate an appetizer. It was enjoyable and it's turned into this. So I guess, I guess that's, that's the way it was. I don't know. I mean, you try to plan things and, and, uh, sometimes they don't even go the way they, that, that you do, right? Was it her aspiration back then to be a doctor or like an, uh, what is she, an, uh, op- optometrist or ophthalmologist? I know there's two different. Yeah, there. Yeah, she's an optometrist. Um, but she she really well, she was majoring in biology at the time, so she was interested in science and not exactly sure about 
which medical profession, but um, there's some family history with her mom and, and her dad, and it's just with, with uh, them in the optical business. So she had that had that experience and was um, intrigued by the program and began the process, man. And she she completed that. And that was it was it was rigorous and. That's that's just me saying it. She lived it and, and did it, so it's um much much respect and very proud for of her. For sure, yeah, for sure. So, what were her thoughts about uh your your blindness or visual impairment? I know people people depending on who they are, uh, you know, they'll say it or think of it a certain way. But I I typically just say blindness. So hopefully, I don't offend anyone who's listening. Uh, but that's that's what I mean, you know. So how does she think of it? No blindness, yeah, that. Might as well just go with that, right? Um, I, I'm down with that. But the blindness in, initially for her was, um, it was, it was something that she was patient with and willing to try to help me with, honestly. Um, she had some experience with her grandmother. Her, grandpa, her grandmother, um, is, is blind. So she's, she was familiar with that. And then just her going into the, the eye, the eye care profession, you know, being, um, an optometrist is, it, it was, it's pretty surreal, honestly, because I was diagnosed. A year, uh, in her first year, she was in her first year of optometry school. And that's when I was diagnosed. And it was just a learning experience all the way through going, um, you know, as she's learning more about it and she kind of learns a little bit about the disease or, um, you know, more research comes and she gets interested in that. And then, but along the way, she was always trying to help out as far as making sure that I was aware of like the rehabilitation programs and, um, it was, and it's, it's a process going through the whole, the whole change, like, like we talked about earlier. So talk to us about the transformation in yourself from being angry and, you know, those other, those other feelings that you were feeling about going blind and stuff. When do you start to think a different way? Or maybe you still don't, maybe you still are that, that same, uh, same way, but talk to us uh, about that. Well, it was definitely well, once I moved to San Antonio with Amy, because Amy, that's where Amy was going to school too. That that's the whole San Antonio connection. She went to the optometry school there, and um, I uh, moved down with her after her first year, and we were um, living there and looking for the rehabilitation there, and got involved, and it, that's where it really seemed like it was the the start because it was just a really positive experience with the with the um, counselor and the the process of trying to set a plan or well, set, set goals and set a plan and you know it, it was it was like all right go out and go and see what you can type on the keyboard how many words per minute it was man I was it was it was so slow I don't remember but nevertheless went through the training for that and um, that's where I met AZ and just like those connections started with AZ and and um then would be baseball or well first before all before it be baseball is actually goalball with AZ and a bunch of um other people I met along the way so it's it's just like that 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 culture and and that support that social support that that's what really helped because I mean in Baltimore I there, there was a good experience but it was it was short so San Antonio was longer so and it was it was just it just felt started to feel like the 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 positivity was rolling in, in San Antonio for what I remember. How was it for you to to meet with AZ and then, you know, progress outside of the 
outside of the, the the formal setting of like the training and stuff and then you go to gold ball and now you're starting to see blind people that are living you know just living like it, like a being blind is normal because it's normal to them uh so how how did how did that like how was that for you the the more and more people that i got to meet through through Govo and um just through the lighthouse um it, it was it was just awesome hearing the the successes and and the the learning experience through everyone that that really, you know, there are things that are still possible and, and you can continue to work towards the goals that you set for yourself and you, um, you can be independent and you can be, you know, you can be an athlete. Playing beat baseball and goalball and stuff, that could be rehabilitating in its own fashion. So does it go beyond just the love of, of, of sports when you're playing these, these blindness, uh, these, these, uh, adaptive sports or? How, what is it for you? Why do you play uh, beat baseball and, and, and goal ball? The, the passion, man, that it comes from being around you and, and Zach and the whole entire team, um, you know, including everyone that, that I've known since year one to our most recent, you know, year five and coming up on year six. It's, it's the relationships and, and the stories that we tell each other and how we, are able to grow closer and understand each other and just lean on, lean in on, on each other and, you know, also make each other laugh at the same time. I mean, it's, it's hilarious and the, the competitiveness of it too with yourself and understanding critique and what you can do differently and just trying to grow and the physical aspect of it is, is a blast and mentally really helps you and, it just it feels good to be a part of a team and in a community. Did you have what, you know, some people call it the light bulb moment or whatever, but did you have that moment whenever you thought like, Hey, like I can, I can, I'm still me. Like I can still prosper and I can still do whatever I want to do. I may have to do it in a different way, but I can still do it. And what was that moment if you did have it? Um, It would probably just be the, the beginning of starting at San Antonio College, so just enrolling into into college and beginning the you know the academic journey is is with the blindness and having to just experience the the college journey through through that you know through the accessibility services and um, you know being more assertive if you need to, to to make sure you're getting the accommodations you need, but just started to understand the worth and identity be because of the, the steps I was taking through through going back to college. You moved to San Antonio in what, uh, 2015 or? Um, it was 2014. 2014. So you moved to San Antonio, you get linked up with some uh, rehab services that help you get some training on, on some adaptive technology. You start going to community college now let's keep let's keep on uh progressing so what happens then so i ended up completing the the degree of um social work uh, the associates at san antonio college i mean that was a fun two years just getting to know the campus and some of um 
the ways through it. It was it was definitely a great experience just seeing the way it grew. The social work department was just passionate. They ended up putting together um, a pantry there, so any anybody who is um, having food insecurities or or clothing is able to go there and. Um, there, there's a whole system behind it, so that was awesome. But um, it was really just that, and and the sports, um, you know, through goalball and beat baseball, and Amy and I continue to uh, live together there while she's attending school and finishing up, and um, we both ended until up until 2017. Yep. Well, yep. 20, 2016, the summer of yeah. So. Um, it was um, it was a graduation time for both of us. Actually, I was getting the associates, and she was getting her doctor in optometry. So it was it was a fun week. Definitely, definitely um, something you just don't reflect on enough and try to um, remember just you know how far you've come. Sometimes it's always life's a long journey, and and it can uh, you can get ahead of yourself and start trying to think too far ahead, man, and reflect on it. It's pretty cool right now talking about it with you. So y'all end up moving to Cincinnati and you continue your, your academic career. Talk to us about, about the queen city, queen city, man, Cincinnati. It's, it's a fun city for sure. Um, we ended up going to UC university of Cincinnati. So continued the degree in social work and, Still working towards that and hoping to finish that next um next semester and then end up um continuing with the plans after that. But Cincinnati Cincinnati said it twice now. It's it's fun, man. Um I we we enjoyed it. How was your I know you did an internship while you were there. Talk to us about that, about both your your time as as an intern and also um, just you, you navigating it while being blind. Yeah, I was at a, um, youth homeless shelter there, um, for my internship. So the age range was anywhere from 11 to 17. And then there's other staff, of course. So just going through the interview process and, you know, walking around with, with your cane, something most people aren't familiar with understanding what it is. And you have to constantly explain that it, and, Finding a new way to explain that to a thirteen-year-old or fifteen, right. whatever their age is, because that's that, that's the first thing that they notice. Was that a lot of times the first thing they would mention about mention, or would they try and skate around it? And when you have to bring it up, or how was that working with the kids and and them? Uh, how was that? Um, sometimes, sometimes they would ask right away, um, but there was other times where it didn't even come up. Interestingly enough, the next the next time. Well, the next way it would come up as far as talking about blindness in general rather than the cane would be, so I look far off to my right to try to use the the sight in my far left peripheral eye. So my eye contact is, you know, it's not, they're like, what are you looking at? And I'm like, I'm trying to see you a little bit. And they're like, well, why are you looking over there? And I was like, well, try to explain it to them. But they, they understand. I mean, they're some of them, I think, but they don't fully understand but eventually um they will the more conversations and the more exposure there is so i keep going back to different things that you do in your life and and 
and then asking about the the rehabilitating aspect of it so was was you know experiencing that internship was it rehabilitating for you like because you were able to see people that have other other um things going on in their lives and you see them you know still maintaining and and, and moving on and getting through stuff so yeah no doubt i mean i i'm just learning az initially the way he navigated and, and went through and what he taught me um was valuable and other other people that you met that you know whether it was on the campus or um just heard about whether even just on social media honestly at that point it was um it was an overall just enlightening experience because you you felt like there was a way to continue and and things were possible so there was just the i mean especially you know the state of texas where the the education is paid for when you maintain a certain um gpa and you know you do your regular check-ins that i mean that's that's really unheard of for any other state as far as i know but um, yeah for those of you who don't know what ricky is talking about is if you're blind in the state of texas and you go to a public university there is a tuition exemption that uh well like it said like it, it exempts you from from the tuition so you're pretty much going to school for free yeah which is awesome and you know if you if you're able to take advantage of it and and get a degree and try Can't to enter the work yeah yeah i mean you enter the work force which is important because um the unemployment rate for, for the blind community is is pretty high so Hopefully we can continue to excel as a uh, bro. I'm sure. I'm sure it's 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 different and or higher now because unemployment is just not it's not uh you know good in any community. But last I knew, this was this was some years ago. It was seventy percent of the blind community were unemployed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's only three not- out of ten blind people have a job. Right. Well, I mean, and there's definitely, there's definitely some statistics behind that as far as uh, the age is. I don't know what age that's considered for because a lot of the blind community can be older, but nevertheless, I mean, there's opportunities like at the lighthouse for employment, but there's also the, the college and, um, you have to, you have to understand and know how to navigate the, the technology. That's huge for, for school, you know, so you have to, you have to be efficient and know where the resources are. And I know you've only been blind for seven years, so maybe you haven't experienced it yet, but have you experienced any discrimination against you because of your blindness? Um, I mean, there's probably, I mean, there's been times where people have said things, but, um, I mean, nothing, nothing like significant. Yeah. Nothing egregious. That's, that's a good word. I mean, there's been people in, you know, in, in like bars and restaurants that, that say things. And I mean, there's just a sign of ignorance and, yeah. you know, people are just going to be. That you happens. Know, like if you're a blind person who just gets out and is out and about, that's going to happen almost every day, bro. Like I, I get that all the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, in the wise words of Guillermo Lopez, we're a rare species. That's what he said. <laughs> 
He said, we're a rare species walking around with a cane. I'm like, well, that's one way to put it. But um, Bro, I think of myself as like, in a sense, you know, people look at us like, you know, when, when, when a celebrity is walking around, everybody's looking at them. And I see, I see myself as like, when I walk around with my cane, like maybe people aren't like, some are, I'm sure, but maybe not everyone is like just staring at me, but I know they definitely give me a look like, whoa, like, what is he doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I see myself as like, when I'm walking and, and I'm out, I definitely have eyes on me and like people, that's how I feel, you know? Well, no, I mean, and you're definitely not wrong with that intuition that you feel that's it's definitely a real thing. I mean, my sister, she used to get frustrated when, when I would be walking with, you know, her and she'd be like, all oh, these people are staring. I'm like, well, just whatever. Don't worry about them. I mean, they're going to look at something that I guess that is unnormal or different. So, I mean, I, I guess it's just something normal we do as a species. If it's something's quote unquote out of the norm or something, but out of I mean, their hopefully, norm, cause I, I like to say everybody has their own normal, so it's out of those. It's out of their normal, you know. Being blind is normal for us. That's facts. That's true. I mean, it's um, it's really just a matter of having um, manners and respect. Really, I mean, there's no there's no necessary point of staring. If you're curious, you can just ask a question. So you're in. How long are you living in Cincinnati for? And then uh, when did you move? Moved while well, we um, got there in, in seventeen, and and we ended up. I ended up coming down here, and uh, right in the beginning of this um, this COVID season, right in. Uh, well, not I guess the beginning of it is January when the officials first knew, or December, wherever that um, is officially known. And um, but as far as things being affected socially and all that it didn't end up being until March of 2020 for me to come down. So I ended up moving down here where Amy already was. She was here in December and she came here for employment. So, all right. So you moved to Florida and how is that? Talk to us about, about, uh, you know, moving and having to learn a, another place and, you know, get, get ready academically and stuff like that. Well, moving is always, it's always a challenge because, when you establish a community somewhere, you know, leaving San Antonio initially was a challenge just because of all the roots that you, you found. And, um, Cincinnati was the same way. I mean, there was, there was definitely a community there. So just moving initially down here, especially during, you know, while, while things are the way they are, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's always a challenge to move and really just getting readjusted and like we just talked about the normal. So whatever that is, it's just trying to trying to find peace through it all during, during all this. So it's, it's been, you know, nine months at this point here. So, but it's a blessing, especially the weather. I mean, you can't take that for granted. It's, it's a blessing. So I know things could always change, but as of right now, do y'all have any thoughts of moving anytime soon? Or is this where you're trying to settle down? Well, for now we're here and, um, you know, the, the planning is, it's always, it's always happening and evolving. I, I'm not sure, but what, what the timetable looks like, but for now we're here. Um, you know, you always got to be trying to 
put yourself and do the best opportunity for yourself and for for your family. So we'll see, man. I mean, as my grandfather said, one day, one sacrifices for sure, and one day at a time, man. I know we pretty much just. I mean, there's so much to to people that you know you just can't possibly pack it all in, but. We pretty much went over some some of your life, and we talked about a, a blindness uh, pretty pretty heavily. Uh, so, is there anything that you came into this podcast wanting to say? Do you have anything uh, that you want to say that we haven't touched on? First of all, I mean, it's been something I've listened to and just kind of was interested in seeing what evolved, and I um, really just like the opportunity to come on the Rolling with Smooth podcast because you've always um, been someone I've respected and definitely enjoy the friendship that we've gained over the years. So it's just a pleasure having the conversation and anybody that hears this, I just hope that you're doing well. And this, this world, while we, while we, um, while we're here, we just hopefully try to do the right thing. And that's, you know, sowing our seeds deep and having good roots and finding the, the good foundation and, trying to lift each other up and grow and evolve and just keep keep on pushing like you said in one of your podcasts right keep on trying keep on trying my bad i quoted it wrong (laughs) all right bro so appreciate uh, having you on appreciate you taking your time out to to roll with us yeah man hopefully uh everybody's staying safe staying healthy you know what I mean? I like to say mask up, so hopefully y'all are doing that. You got to stay strapped with the mask, man. Mm-hmm.